Welcome to the Wanderlust podcast with Stories from the Road. I'm your host, Sarah Leamy, a writer and wanderer and publisher. Um, you're going to hear a mix of personal anecdotes from my own travels, as well as recommendations for gear, events and books, uh, books that I'm reading, books that I've come across. Um, and each episode will also have a short story of my own, often set in the American Southwest. And this is a, just another way of giving you a sense of of people and places, how they interact and affect each other deeply. I hope this podcast encourages you to explore, write, and inspire others to be just as curious and playful as you are. So please enjoy, and thank you very much for listening. recording today from southern Colorado, Pagosa Springs district and have you ever wondered about being a campground host? Have you ever thought about it, wondered what you have to do, what it's like? So today I'm going to talk a little more about the um, ins and outs of being a campground host when you have a dog that barks. Hang on. Well I guess we can start with that right? So um, yes if you camp your camp host with your dog that barks a lot when people come up. Uh, it is a good thing. Last night I was in bed reading. It was dark and Billy started barking and I peeked out. So I peeked out my little window in the van and saw a couple of kids standing about 30 feet away with their fishing rods just staring at the van and they couldn't see me. So I actually decided not to do anything. But I did notice that they heard the dog and they backed off. So there you go. One good thing about having a dog when you're a camp host. Uh, the other thing is that it lets me know when people are coming up to get firewood because there's, you know, we sell firewood, bundles, prepackaged, very, very dry, practically kindling more than anything. Um, and I've set those up so near the dumpster, which is, um, I don't know, 100, 150 feet away from where I'm camped in the trees. So people come up, drop off their trash, get firewood, you know, looking for the camp post, ask questions. And so Billy lets me know when that's going on, which is mostly a good thing. But I also kind of have to be aware that we've had rather a quiet week. And so this whole campground has become her playground which makes her bark at anything and everything that comes into her playground. So, something I have to work on, I guess, a little. Anyways, yes, so I was going to talk to you today about being a campground host. It sort of makes complete sense for me, right? Um, if you know me, most of you that are listening are friends of mine, I know, all 12 of you or something. Um, I'm joking. But, so, you know, I lived in a cabin for a long time with no running water or very limited off-grid, slowly improving it. And in my free time, I would go camp, which my friends thought was ridiculous since I was already basically camping as far as they were concerned. And now I sold that place a couple of years ago and I've been living in the van full time, um, two and a half years, part time, seven years, a little Dodge 2003 B1500 eight-cylinder, half-ton with BFG all-terrain tires and solar vent, little galley kitchen, a bed and um, a dog bed. So that's what I've been living in. 
So, where was I going with that? Where was I going with that? Hold on. Right, now I remember. So, where I was going with that is that it made sense to me this December, January, December, I realized I keep coming to Pagosa Springs area, Southern Colorado, Salida, Buena Vista, and all around here in summer, and often do the dispersed camping, boondocking, wild camping, whatever you want to call it, free camping, or I pay for every now and again campgrounds, depending on where it is and whether it's one that I really like. And so it made sense to me to for them to pay me. I mean, I know the area. I do what I do. I'm very, obviously, self-motivated. I don't particularly have a good history for full-time work. <laughs> so I decided that I was going to try and become a full-time host. How did I do that? How can you do that? What I did, and it worked out really well, and it has for pretty much every single job I have had, is that I... In this case, I contacted the rangers, the local national forest, U.S. national forest rangers, for the area that I wanted, the San Juan Mountains. I asked them for who the address or the name and email of the company or the people responsible for running the campgrounds. They gave me that. I then wrote to those campground management, recreation management company, Companies, two of them, is um, one Salida side, the east side of the mountains, one the west side, and said, this is what I do. I write, I'm very self-sufficient, I have my own place, my own vehicle that I live in, I have a dog, um, self-motivated, people skills, you know, money skills, I can count, I can take money, I can take care of places, I've been a landscaper, I like people, you know, moderately, and... So I just said, basically, I'm a good fit. What do you think? Within 24 hours, Ruth from this campground company wrote back and said, you sound great. And I was offered the job. So out of that, my advice is that if there's a job or a place that you want to be a campground host or just a regular old job, contact them. Tell them. Let them know who you are, why you want to work for them, why you're a good fit. And, you know... To be honest, being proactive like that, it has worked a treat. So that's how I got the job. Now I'm here and I got here, it's now middle of June. I started work beginning of May and there was still snow in places under the trees. There was snow up in the mountains, freezing water bowls until this week. Um, it's cold at night and I have to say I was not fully prepared for that in the van so I've had to get a little Mr. Buddy heater and get a five, five gallon propane tank and the hose to run that off because yeah it's been cold and chilly um, and then this last week it seems we went from cold spring straight into monsoon season although right now I'm hanging out outside next to the creek and I have a feeling you can hear it in the background as I'm talking here I'm sitting at the picnic table recording this the creek is running so high, it's incredible. I've never seen it this high. And that's mostly from the snow melt and then from a couple of weeks of evening monsoon. So it's kind of rather incredible, really. The reservoirs are f full and overflowing. It's rather magical. And of course, that's why Colorado is so green, because it's so wet. <sighs> Talking of wet. So the job, being a campground host, what do you think?
What's the worst part? What's the best part? Well, it's sort of the same thing. Best and worst, each one depends. Um, there's, let's give you the daily routine. How about we'll start there? Although, do you want to start with a trick? No, we'll start with a daily routine. So the daily routine is get up, have my cup of tea, coffee, walk the dog, and I go up to the front gate. This campground is about a mile long, but only has 18 sites along the river. So it's really spacious. Uh, so, you know, for me, walking to the front gate where the little money drop boxes and the envelopes, fee envelopes, walking there and back is about half a mile. So I do that in the morning check and collect any money envelopes that came in in the afternoon or evening if anyone new that arrived come back you know have my breakfast blah blah um and then this campground has three different pit toilets vault toilets and so i after i've done my paperwork and noticed what campsites are being used who's leaving when i have a whiteboard where i check each number and just note down when each person each campsite keep spot is going to be empty so I can kind of keep track of that uh, and then I go to the toilets gloves on wipes sanitary wipes sanitize handles blah 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 toilet seats um, sweep the floor restock the toilet paper and scrub the toilet stacks I think that's what they're called you know the drop part the part where the poop sticks, if it sticks. But you know what, I've realized that not everyone has exploding bombs, which is really good. And it's been not nearly as bad as I thought. We could seek into a little, uh, do a little segue into a story about when I was um, a cleaner for some motels uh, south of, oh, in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, at 3.50 an hour, and one of those nights, but we're not. I will come back to that another time, if you remind me. So, the worst it's been, really, I mean, my trick is to not wear my glasses, so I can't see the particulars of what's on these white tubes, these drop tubes. Um, but, you know, I have a little power spray, I spray it, I have a little scrub, a little do a scrub, do a little spray, and that's it. It's really not bad. And do you want to know why? The trick is, once a week, to spray that little bugger with WD-40. And that shit doesn't stick. So, there's your trick. If you want to try it at home, please do. WD-40 is the way to go. So, there you go. The toilets. Uh, sweep. Oh, I put in a crate of books because I'm an avid reader. I get through so many books and I go to the library and go to the free li bookstore, you know, the, the free little thingies in the streets and get as many free books as possible, read them. And then I put them in this little crate in one of the bathrooms. So that's the one thing. What else do I have to do? Once a week, maybe twice if it's muddy and rainy, which it has been, just mop out the floors. Again, no big deal. It's such small spaces, you know, they're probably, I don't know, five by eight feet each each section, each toilet. So that's the first one. And then I putz along in my little golf cart with Billy, my dog, running next to me. If there are people around, I put her on a leash and she runs next to me on the leash, which is cracks me up every time. So blah, 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 go around, go to the next toilets, go past the various campers, wave, say hello, Check in, see if anyone needs firewood, check everyone's page, see if they have any questions, do the toilets, 
same thing, you know, sweep, swipes, scrub, and that's about it. And stock with toilet paper. Move on to the next one. So it's sort of three sections, this campground, and each section has about six, six sites all along the river. And they're really spacious. So right now, like at number 10 site, which is in the middle section, um, there are two trailers, uh, three pickup trucks, two tents, three dogs and nine people. And, and they still have space. And it's kind of magical. And with the river running so high, everyone's having crazy good luck with fish. They're just, you know, they drop their line and th those trout are biting really fast. So I'm getting a lot of picnickers come in and just hang out, catch fish, grill them on the fire pit and then leave. And oh, yeah, so that's that. So that's the, the main job requires that and then the little details are things like weeding in front of the bathroom so that you know the grass growing up in the gravel making it look nice after different campers leave you want to go to i we want to go to the site check all the micro trash you know the little piece of plastic and the tab from the can and the cigarette butt or the ash you know ashes clean out the ashes in the fire pit Things like that. And then the final detail is just to do a little raking so that it looks nice and smooth and taken care of. That, my friends, is the job of a campground host. At least my version of a job of a campground host. And it works out really well because it seems to be between 9 and 10.30, Memorial Day, it was completely packed and lots of people in each site, so a lot of people. Um, so it took more work, but not much. It was more chatting and more catching up with people and seeing what they're up to. Again, the toilet stuff really isn't as bad as you'd imagine, luckily. So there was that, and I run around for about an hour and a half, maybe two hours in the morning, sort of 9 to 11. And then I'm pretty much free until evening time. When I do it again, I go check the money box, see if anyone new came in, if they did trundle along in my little golf cart say hello see if they need anything if they have any questions uh, check the bathrooms are still okay and there you go so for me this campsite it's four hours a day five days a week I get two full days off they recommend that you actually leave the campground because otherwise camp campers are going to come over and ask questions and you know so I have been that's been the beauty thing beauteous thing for me is that you know 11 o'clock or so I drive up to the nearest lake Williams Reservoir Williams Lake or I go find a different hike or I drive into Pagosa Springs and explore and wander around and do some errands um, so I've been making the most of that some of the days I've even driven to Durango which from the campground is an hour and a half a bit more just over and I'll drive to Durango and go do a yoga class, then walk along the river, hang out downtown, in and out of the bookstore. So one of the reasons I really like this campground host job, one, they're paying me, not much, but um, better than me paying them. And two is that the kind of traveling I've always done, even as a teenager onwards, was I would basically go somewhere and live there for three to four months, you know, three to four months. And that seemed to be my sweet spot, is three to four months in a new place, get to know some locals, get to hang out, um, 
get familiar with back roads, with different rivers that you might not find if you're just passing through for a few days. So another great benefit of being a campground host in my eyes is that, is you get to explore and get to know places. And after being here six weeks, it's getting to the point where I'll go different places and I'll run into familiar faces. And we've got to the point where, you know, I've made some friends and I get to see them. They've come out and camped. Uh, I get to see them at work. Sometimes bump into them on their days off and we'll have a drink or something to eat. So it's been a really sweet gig. And if you are interested and you have any questions, just email me. You know, go to my website, sarahleamy.com. There's a contact form and you can find out more there. And you can just ask me and I'll get... I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And yes, so that was today's little blurb about being campground host. Thinking of gear, a um, little recommendation for you. One thing that really helps if you're not used to having tons of free time, you've always had a structure, you've always had a job or a boss telling you what to do and when to do it. Um, my suggestion is getting like a whiteboard or notebook and Noticing and writing down routines, things, habits that you can do each day around the same time that become instinctive. Because at least living here where I am, there's no phone or no internet, so there's no mindless scrolling. So I pretty much have to fill up my time constantly on my own. And so one of the things I've been doing is taking care of my body. So my personal routine right now is walking the dog, walking Billy, um, two, three times a day, uh, finding at least a hike of, you know, a mile or two miles each day. Um, I got some of those little baby weights, you know, the five pounds, three pounds, five pounds, little hand weights, dumbbells, and I'm doing 15 minutes of weights every day. Um, Every other day, okay, let's be honest, every other day. And then yoga, I'm trying to do yoga twice a week, whether it's taking a class or doing it here, and listening to and downloading things and then doing them at on my own time and taking care of my body, eating better, drinking less, going out less. And I'm going to go into that in a different episode because it's a a bigger conversation about healing myself and uh, the difference between, you know, lifeline and healthline and longevity and energy and recovery and recharging. So we'll do that another time. But that is... uh, I think that's it for today. I am going to read you a story. Let me go grab a story for you. Hang on. Things with this uh, series two of uh, Wanderlust, Stories from the Road, is each each episode I'll read a short story of mine. And today I'm reading one called Letting Go. And it comes from a collection of short stories that I've written called Time for Another. Uh, It's a collection of about 30 stories, uh, flash fiction, so one page to three pages, as well as longer stories of, you know, 10 to 20 pages long. So it's a mixture of stories that are set in um, New Mexico and Colorado mostly, just because that's what I know the best and love the most, at least these days. So I am looking for a publisher for this book, so if anyone's interested or you have some suggestions of who to send things out to, get in touch, uh, sarahleamy.com. But here you go. Here's a short story, a short flash piece called Letting Go. 
We took the overnight train. One bitter night in January, we left the city in the dark of a sudden biting blizzard. The air froze in my mouth. We settled in for the two days ahead. The drinks flowed and the speed inside and out was our constant companion. Who could ask for more? Our compartment was at the back of the mile-long train. The dining car sat towards the middle and we had to jump from carriage to carriage to go eat. We were hungry that first night and we needed to head out for food, champagne, a celebration of sorts. My first marriage, my family's surprise, the hope I'd settle with two kids and husband in suburbia. I knew better. Matthias went first and jumped from doorway to doorway in the ice storm. He slipped. His feet fell through the rusted steps, the metal lay twisted and broken. He fell past the guardrail and I screamed, pure terror. No one came. Laughter hung in the air from inside, reaching us from the dining room. Voices rumbled in time to the thudding of the railroad below. I hung on to him. We held hands, he and I, my love, my lover. The snow hit my face. Tears poured down and I held on like never before. Time slowed. Time 